0: This is the Heartland Daily Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Heartland Daily Podcast. I'm Lenny Jarrett, Project Manager with the Heartland Institute and host of today's edition of the podcast. Today's guest is Marsha Enright, founder and president of Great Connection Seminars. She is from Chicago and actually founded a Montessori school back in 1990. Welcome, Marsha.
1: Hi, thanks for having me, Lenny.
0: Oh, glad you could be on. So kind of to get started here, what can you give us an overview of kind of what is the state of education today?
1: Well, as probably a lot of your listeners know, it's uh, pretty dire, uh, the Lower education has been terribly influenced by the federal government now for about 30 years with a lot of top-down directives to which they've had money tied to. And so our kids have been taking classes in which it's oriented to uh, memorize and test, memorize and test now for up to 20 years, 30 years. And when they get to college, they don't know what they're doing, or so many of them don't know what they're (laughs) doing. This is this is a huge problem. They've never had to pick things themselves or to direct their own lives. They've had to listen to what their teachers have said and follow along so that they could take whatever test was mandated, whether it's through Common Core or who knows what the latest fad is.
0: Yeah, it's always a, always a new fad. No matter if you get rid of one, there's always another one coming along because the system is kind of set to just kind of regurgitate new stuff. I and mean, that's kind of what they do.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: So you founded the Great Connection Seminars. Can you tell us a little bit about that and why you started it?
1: Sure. Well, I have been concerned about education since I was a kid because I really enjoyed school myself, but I, but I saw so many kids who were so unhappy in school. And, it, and, it, and I tried to understand why were they like that. And I realized that they were really frustrated with the way they were, they were learning. So I put it in my mind when I was a kid, well, I'm going to find something that's going to be better for the kids that I have my own children, and when I was about 20, I read some articles about the Montessori method, and I said, ooh, this sounds like what I've been looking for, and so then I went out and educated myself on Montessori, and I said, okay, that's what I want for my kids, but then when it came time for elementary school, there wasn't any good program around me, and um, so I ended up getting a, a group of friends who were all interested in this, and we started our own school in 1990, and, um, but my own interest in teaching has always been for higher education, and I think that there's two things that are really important these days. One, many of your listeners probably know that in higher education, the, the new left has basically taken over academia. There are very, very few places you can go in which you actually get exposed to the full range of ideas. And that's really concerning. And not only do they don't get exposed to the full range of ideas, but they don't learn how to think for themselves either. They're not taught reasoning skills anymore. Uh, So this is very concerning to me. And then the other aspect to it is I think that a lot of people who want uh, young people and other people to learn the ideas of the free society never consider whether the method in which they're teaching embodies those ideas.
0: Yeah, that's very true. That's completely true. Yeah, I know there's very few. That was Hillsdale's one of them that (laughs) kind of stayed separately, and there's a few others and stuff. But, yeah, I can definitely, yeah, coming through high school and stuff like that, you can see that, and I can know from my own background it was the same kind of thing. This is what you're going to learn, and the schools have changed so much since then, I actually ended up homeschooling my kids mm-hmm. because of what was happening in the K-12 schools. And one, my, one of my daughters is now graduated from college. The other one will graduate in December. Mm-hmm. So, but I can still tell the difference between I was in college and now that they've gone to college, it's a huge difference. Huge. So, so in The Great Connections, you talk about a gap year. Why, you know, can you explain a little bit more about what is the gap sure. year and why is it so important?
1: So, so about 10 years ago, because of this concern about higher education, I started these seminars, The Great Connections, which we were doing in the summer, one-week programs. And like I said, the programs, not only do they include all ideas, a full range of ideas. So we might study Karl Marx. We might study Ludwig von Mises all together so that we can compare them. Uh, we, we study across the, the, the um, spectrum of subjects. We might study physics. We might study poetry. And, but also, what was very concerning to me is what kind of method of teaching encourages people to develop the qualities of a free, of a person who needs, who wants to live in a free society? Wh- what kind of methods really help that young person develop their own independence, their ability to reason about things, and their ability to uh, not be influenced by the crowd? Because when you have a classroom, it's like a little micro society. <laughs> yeah. And the way that you, T- the way that you treat people in that classroom really affects how they're responding. So um, we're not only concerned about the ideas, but also having a methodology that encourages independent thinking. And that was a big factor behind the way in which I started The Great Connection. So we use a specialized form of collaborative seminar, which uh, collaborative dialogue, excuse me. Th- this means that all we, um, we study great books, so we set a text from the great books and modern works, and we um, use this method in which we have a conversation with, the, with each other about what's said in this book and, and how can we figure out what it means. And the teacher, in this case, is the guide to this, but they're not the person with the answer. So one of the things we do is we use, um, re- everybody in the discussion has to use reason and evidence for whatever their opinion they're coming up with. But we have a very civil dialogue with each other. So you end up learning how to collaborate with other people in learning, but it's all based on reasoning and evidence. It really encourages their their reasoning ability because you get to see how other people reason in the discussion, too, and you get a lot more skills from that. So I started that 10 years ago, and we had a lot of success in the summer program. And a, a couple of years ago, we decided, well, what's the best way to expand this into an even more effective program? Because I've had many students come out of our one-week program saying they feel like their life had been transformed. <laughs> and they change their direction. They feel like they know that they can read, they can understand anything for themselves. They don't need an authority to tell them. And this is a really important quality to have it if is. you're going to live in a free society, right? Or or, or fight for it. So um, we saw that there was an increase of interest in what's called gap programs, which means that kids are questioning about whether they should go to college. They're not sure what they're doing. Like I said, many of them are kind of floundering. Even There's, there's data that even the ones that have um, achieved the highest uh, grades, done all of the activities they're supposed to, when they go to college, they end up floundering because they don't know how to choose for themselves. They don't know what their own Interest is. They don't know what they want to do in life. And many of them end up uh, taking a couple years in college, never finishing, or dropping, or uh, having to stop in the middle, or taking six years. You know, there's only 36% of all the kids that are enrolled in college today finish in four years.
0: It's not a surprise, actually.
1: It's ridiculous, right? And every year, every additional year you go to college, on average, costs $26,000. So that's not including when if, if some kid is going to a very expensive school, you know that's the average right. price so um, and and with the with the financial crisis in 2008, a lot of the kids started questioning the parents, well, should we even be going to college or what college should we go to?" And they were starting to take a year off in between college and what else they were doing called a gap year. Which apparently, it turns out, is a normal thing for anybody who goes to private <laughs> school in England. They automatically <laughs> take a year off between high school and college. It's a, it's a year of growth, of maturation <clears throat> and exploration, learning, often working, learning what it's like to live you know on your own. So it could be very maturing. and then, Oh, definitely. Yeah. Then when kids decide, if they decide to go to school, I mean, that's the other thing is there's a lot of kids that are being pushed to go to college and yep. it's really a waste of money it's not really helping them in their career and they they'd be far better off if for example if they're if they're going into certain businesses to just start working yep you know um so the gap year the, that's what a gap year is about so we've crafted a very special gap year in which they get a combination of intense study so they understand themselves so they A question. They they answer certain burning questions because most young people, whether they know it or not, they're trying to find out, well, how should I live and how do I know what the truth is and how should I live with other people? And so we've created a a program to really help them figure that out for themselves and what what do they think is the right way to live. And then combine that with having actual work experience, but under guidance and with uh, very accomplished mentors and then also learning in economics, finance, personal finance, the marketplace, and the role of art in a well-lived life. So we've combined all that into this p- program that should have a, a, quite a powerful effect on the kids that go to it.
0: That's good, yeah. From my personal experience, too, I, I kind of experienced that. I went to school, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And until I kind of stopped going to college, I actually worked for like three or four years before I went back because I finally figured out what I wanted to do and went back and my grades went through the roof. (laughs) I mean, because it made a huge difference. I'm like, I want to do this. I want to go to college. I want to get my degree. And then I'm then I knew exactly what I was doing.
1: Right. Because if you're interested and you know, that's what your goal is, you're going to you're going to work your hardest.
0: Yep. Oh, exactly. So the year you're talking about, is that actually the leap year program you're yes. talking about? Right. Can you tell us something a, a little bit more, go into a little bit more depth on, on what they're going to learn, how they're going to learn? Do they travel? Is everything done here in Chicago? I'll do just a little bit more in-depth about sure. the program. Sure,
1: So the first 10 weeks will be here in Chicago. It will be a combination of these collaborative seminars. On, we'll be reading selections from the great books across the ideological spectrum. So we'll be We'll be reading, uh, you know, Adam Smith, and we'll be reading Karl Marx, and we'll be reading Aristotle, and we'll be reading Augustine, and <clears throat> what we're, we're going to, we've set up what we're reading to be great contrasts in ideas with these wonderful way of discussing with each other so that you can really work the meat right. out of it and decide things for yourself. And that's going to be combined with activities like uh, classes in improv comedy, because that turns out to be a really great <laughs> Way to learn how to interact with other people. And it's a lot of fun. And um, uh, learning about the city of Chicago itself and how it operates, partly because what, what we, part of the idea of the great connections is that we, we don't want ideas to just be abstract out there in space. We want the be, them to be connected to your real life because ideas really move the world. But most people don't learn how right. that works. But once you learn that, then you're also armed to be, pay attention to what ideas you're being exposed to so that you can decide, well, is that really a good idea to, to, to accept or not? You know. So then after the first 10 weeks, then we'll um, have 10 weeks in which they'll be in a small group and, and try to solve a real-world problem. And it might be here in Chicago. It all depends on the on the kid and and, uh, their resources and their interests, connections overseas, so that if they want to go to Guatemala and work on some problem in Guatemala (laughs) or in Argentina or one of the other South American countries, uh, I can help them with that. And uh, we're we're going to hook them up with um, very accomplished people in whatever. They, They might be interested in doing a problem in business or maybe it's in... Art, or maybe it's in uh, engineering, or in science, or it might be a community, a social problem. And we're going to, we're going to find people, we have quite a, an array of people we're connected to, to connect them with, to help them think about and work on the problem and learn about this area that they're interested in. Cool. So, and then they'll, they'll come up with a solution to the problem or their, and their research about it and do a presentation and try to do an implementation. And that will be part of their portfolio that will help them in the next, st- whatever they're doing next.
0: So basically what you're telling me is all these kids that want safe spaces in college, they need to take the year off and come to your program because then they <laughs> wouldn't need safe spaces because exactly. they would know how to adapt already.
1: Exactly, right, right, <laughs> right. I mean, because we want a real interchange of ideas, but in a civil way. I mean, that's, right. that's, and, and there are, you, you can very capably do that with other people if you, you know can. how to do it. Yep. You know.
0: That's for sure. I know some adults that could use the program a lot, a lot now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. We also have a, a very accomplished um, uh, writing coach who's going oh, okay. to be teaching them. He he worked he went to University of Chicago to get a PhD in Shakespeare, decided that wasn't what he wanted to do, and ended up as a creative director of J. Walter Thompson Advertising Agency for 25 years. But he loves Anything Great Books, so he's developed this wonderful program to teach people how to write. And it's uh, writing to get something done. So in school, you're mainly taught how to write exposition, explaining whatever you, know, right. you learned. But there's, but in the in the real world, in the working world, there's many different ways in which you have to write, you know, yeah. you might have to do an argument, you might have to do a thank you note, you might have to do uh, a literary piece, and he has a, a, a method, and we're using Aristotle's rhetoric, but showing how those ideas are used to do to write TV scripts, to write novels, to write advertising pieces, uh, and all different ways in which people uh, need to learn how to write. And, um, uh, I, we've used him in the summer, and the, uh, the results have been fantastic. So
0: That sounds like it would be fun for, for, for people here to take. I yeah, mean. he's great. He's really fun, really
1: fun. Well,
0: that's good. That sounds really like a lot of fun. I wish I had known about this. <laughs> I don't think the program was around, though, when I was I was getting out of college and stuff anyway. so, But um, how do people actually apply for the program?
1: Sure. Uh, well, we have a, a website, thegreatconnections.org. And it explains the whole program on there, and there's an application page. Um, you can also write to us at info at thegreatconnections.org, and we're happy to uh, reply to you and contact you. I'm happy to talk to anybody who wants to know more. They can uh, contact me through there, and I'll uh, give them a call or an email or whatever they'd like.
0: Are there any kind of pre-requirements pre-requirements for, for anybody that's applying?
1: Well, they have to fill out our application, and they have a personal interview with me. If they're out of town, I would interview them uh, through a video channel. But um, it's they have to have graduated high school. They send their transcript. But there's not any requirement in terms of, oh, you had to get this on the SAT, or you get these uh, grades. Because I don't consider that as necessarily a good qualification for No. For Again, what, Yeah. Uh, we want to do. yeah.
0: Right. I know kids that got really bad grades, but they were very smart. They were just bored in school. Bored
1: out of their mind, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And they needed to be challenged.
0: Yes, exactly. So where do the students stay when they're coming in for the program? Or is it just for local? Or as you talk to people out of town, so...
1: Yes, we're going to have people from out of town. Um, Well, there's multiple options. There's a private multi-university dorm that's in downtown Chicago. It's Harrison Estate called University Center. And we can help them uh, get a room there if they'd like. It has full services and everything. Or uh, there's apartments. There's um, We're going to help them find maybe like an Airbnb room in somebody's house. Um, try to connect up some of the students with each other if they want a room together, an apartment. Right. So there's multiple op- possibilities.
0: Cool. And what's like the tuition? And do you have scholarships and stuff as well?
1: Right. Uh, the tuition is $20,000 a year. Uh, we do have a limited number of scholarships that we're offering. and. If anybody's interested, uh, we have a deadline of June 1st for the application for that.
0: So get busy because exactly. I would recommend. I would highly recommend the program based on what you're telling me and Thank stuff you. here. I would really highly recommend it. It's back. The Heartland Institute is hosting the 13th International Conference on Climate Change on July 25th in Washington, D.C. at the Trump International Hotel. This is the most important climate conference of 2019, featuring the world's best scientists, economists, and policy experts who will present the latest data and information showing that humans are not causing a climate crisis. Tickets are available now, but space is limited, so don't delay. Our keynote meal sessions will include at least one prominent member of the Trump administration, a leader of the historic Solidarity Polish Labor Union who has had it with climate alarmism in Europe, and the latest round of the Climate Change Awards. Other featured speakers include prominent scientists Roy Spencer, David Legates, a Trump transition leader for EPA Myron Ebel, and Anthony Watts, founder of the most red climate site in the world. What's up with that? Visit heartland.org for more information and get your tickets today. And I know you have sponsors as well. I was looking at your website. How can a company or a person become a sponsor to help out your efforts?
1: Oh, we'd love that. Well, we have a donate button, of course. But if they're interested in talking to us about a larger sponsorship, then they'd want to do through that. Um, If they want to contact me at mnright at thegreatconnections.org, I'd be happy to talk to them.
0: So I uh, mean, so M N right? So M E N R I G H T at the dot org. Some people have a hard time listening and catching the spelling, yes, so I want to make sure sorry. I do that. Or
1: they could always send us the info at the great. Got connection. it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we have um, an Enlightenment Society of the of the major donors um, that we'd love somebody to join. Uh, we have some wonderful people who are our sponsors. I think you probably saw, you know, head of huge technology companies, uh, technological entrepreneurs, uh, somebody who owns a big tomato (laughs) processing company, um, uh, somebody who's a financial expert. There's, there's lots of different people involved. So. so
0: it's really good to hear that. Yeah. Cause the more people we can support efforts like this, the yeah. better because yeah. we definitely need people that can start to reason and think. And one of the things I always like to do when I'm messaging and stuff around here is I try to get to groups that are, have a diverse opinion. So I can kind of just see what, how do you do that? Cause the key, a lot of it is finding the common ground and then working your way outward And a lot of people don't know how to do that. They like to just revert to partisanship and then you're never getting anything done.
1: Exactly. Well, you know, a lot of people don't realize when they're talking to other people that a number one problem is they're using words differently. Yes. And they, uh, you know, it's called. Uh, you don't have you don't have the same terms in logic, right. and it causes a huge problem when you're talking to each other, or people don't even realize what their assumptions are, and when right. they're arguing based on different assumptions. And these are all things that you you need to become much more conscious of if you're going to have actually productive conversations with other people of different points of view. And you know, you were saying how. Um, a lot of the left, for example, has no idea what other people are thinking. They don't interact with them at all. <laughs> it's interesting. I, I don't know whether it was Jonathan Haidt, the researcher, uh, the sociological researcher who wrote The Righteous Mind, or uh, who it was exact, exactly, said that um, I think it was him. He found that the people who had libertarian or conservative points of view knew the arguments of the left, but the left didn't know their arguments. <laughs>
0: So so too many, a, too many a, echo chambers. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: And, and, and so the question is, well, is that because the, the people on the, the right are more in the minority, and so they have to pay attention to the majority? Or we don't know exactly what the problem is, but or, uh, that the news and all of the outlets seem to have the dominance in the left point of view. Uh, so, but it's a problem for them because they don't really know how to argue.
0: It really is. is. That. That's a problem for a lot. Yeah. And I think social media is having a great impact on that, besides. T- the education system itself, mm-hmm. that social media is helping to create more echo chambers and stuff. So you're only hearing news from your same point of view. Yeah. And you really do have to branch out. I like to do that. I like to read stuff from across the political spectrum. That's the only way I'm going to know. I'm going to find out every, all the information right. I need to know.
1: Right. Yeah, what the other arguments are. Yeah. It. And what, 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 what thinking are they bringing into this? Or what facts are they? How are they looking at the facts? That's right. another thing. The way that they're organizing the facts. What Your opponent... Who think something entirely differently.
0: Yeah. I, I tend to I well here we're in a think tank. So we have to know policy. We have to work on both sides of the aisle. So we have to figure out what all the things are. And I like doing on for I'm big into school choice, so I look at education choice from a different way. And I like to take like here are the top ten arguments of opponents of school choice. And this is how you talk about it. This is how you answer it, and kind of talk about the messaging, but delve into the facts. This is what the truth is here. Yeah, there's some good, there's some bad here, but this is it. Mm-hmm. And kind of go into that a lot more and start sharing it that way. But, mm-hmm. So and, you can
1: really work over the, the issue and figure out, well, what is the best solution for this situation? Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I wish more people did that. <laughs> so exactly. Yeah. You need to reach a lot more people. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, you know one one logical fallacy that so many people fall into these days is what's called confirmation bias. Yes. Which is where they 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 only notice the evidence that confirms what they already believe, <laughs> yeah. and they're not they you, you have to. Uh, To make sure you don't fall into this, you have to work really hard at looking for the exceptions to your ideas, the counter evidence.
0: Yep. You know. Yeah, I noticed that I'll post on Facebook sometime. I actually do this on purpose, is I'll post an article on Facebook with a headline that if you read the article, the article doesn't match the headline. Mm -hmm. And so then I can tell from people commenting, did they like the headline or did they hate the headline without ever reading the article and finding out the article and the headline didn't actually match, Mm -hmm. which is always kind of fun to...
1: Mm-hmm.
0: To do that with well, especially people, especially
1: today, people tend to just read the headline and then they comment. Yeah, that's what you mean. That's exactly without it. Without even reading the whole article. Yeah,
0: and you yeah. can tell which people yeah. are doing yeah, exactly. that. Unfortunately, yeah. so what? Well, I guess uh, getting into more into the education, what kind of when you're looking at the state of education, what kind of mandates are coming down, or what kind of things are drifting education away from actually conversations and are kind of teaching the confirmation bias in our schools and stuff right now?
1: Well, one of the big problems in education today is often the teachers at the better schools have all gone to the top top universities, and those are the ones which have been the worst in terms of uh, teaching only one point of view. So then they get to um, teach in the high schools, in a top high school, like Nutria or someplace like that and they're they're all on the same page in terms of the ideas and the kids never learn any alternatives you know so
0: yeah i like to talk about that yeah diversity of thought even on you notice that on school boards and other taxing bodies and stuff that they want to have people on the boards that think exactly alike so they can just pass things along and do stuff without having to actually think about what they're doing and i mm-hmm. see that a lot especially on school boards where they don't want people that think for themselves or that think differently. They don't want to have to discuss that. They just want to mm-hmm. just do things.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, you know, you have a lot of a uh, lot. Of, you have a lot of that um, patting each other on the back about what what idea do they have? Oh, I'm in the right group because I I have the same idea as this other guy.
0: Right. You know? And
1: I, I mean that's been around forever, but it seems it to be it seems to be really rampant these days among yeah. people who are intellectuals. Or 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 are uh, highly intelligent laymen. You know, there's a lot of that going on. So it's unfortunate because it makes it really hard uh, to discuss anything at the dinner table with people <laughs> yeah. that you disagree with. You know? yeah. yeah,
0: that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I actually have a political Facebook and a personal Facebook. So only my fa- I don't talk about politics whatsoever. With my family and friends sometime, even if they do, I only do that on the political side. So you have to be on both if you want yeah. the politics <laughs> side too.
1: Yeah. You know, you mentioned about the, the um, social media, and uh, my view is it's a, a blessing and a curse. Yes. Because, wow, we're getting a chance to talk to other people that we normally wouldn't be able to connect to. And we're getting the wonderful thing about <clears throat> the internet is that it's, there's this, it's like a wild west of ideas. It is, and so we're, it it it's, it's gotten around the people who are controlling major media outlets, and that's fantastic because then we continue with the with the real um, marketplace of ideas. But in that respect, you know, and of course, it's a curse because we have these things like where people are uh, channeling themselves just to talk to e- each right. other and and not really know what other people are saying.
0: Yeah, that's where blogs were. When blogs kind of started on the internet, people were writing so it was more long form. And then social media has made everything really, really short now. Like Twitter, 140 characters or less. Although you can do 280 now, but that's, (laughs) (laughs) but it's that, yeah, everything, the attention spans, everything's just getting shorter and shorter. And I just think social media has a lot to to play with that. And people have the ability to be on their phones. They want to be quick about something and keep moving. Mm -hmm. So, I think it then, has had an effect.
1: then there's this really interesting development of long form podcasting. If you followed that there's there's a huge rise in that where there's like one hour, two hour discussions that people are having, yeah, and um, I know uh, i don't know if you're familiar with the uh, interviewer, Dave Rubin?
0: No, I'm not right off. I've heard the name, but I'm not familiar with He's all his work. He's a real work.
1: interesting fellow because he started out as a comedian and he was on The Young Turks on CNN. Okay. And about six, seven years ago, the other people on that brought... And he was always kind of like your typical liberal. And he said the other people on... The show started saying things he thought was really crazy, so he started looking around for some other ideas. I guess he he ran across Tom Sowell, and that led him to all the ideas on kind of like the libertarian conservative side, and changed his mind. He became a classical liberal. Wow! And um, so what he's been doing is doing these long form discussions, and and he and he's also been hosting Jordan Peterson.
0: Oh, okay, good. And when he does okay. his
1: tours. And uh, he says he's he's just so thrilled that thousands of people show up for the discussions and they are very civil and they're very interested and they hang around afterwards talking to each other <laughs> for a long time. So uh, that's a great sign if there are thousands of people everywhere in the country in Canada and Australia and every place that they're going that are interested in talking about ideas.
0: Yeah, it is. I know I know Jordan Peterson is really popular here at Heartland and some other play, other friends of mine that I have really like listening to Jordan Peterson and stuff. So I have to put them on to Dave Rubin as well, too, so they yeah, can exactly. listen to him, too. So yeah. that's good. So just a, real quick, org. If people want to get in touch with you, info at org. Do you have, like, Twitter or Facebook page as I well? Do. Okay. Yes. Can you share? with what... Connections. The Great Connections on there. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Well, Marsha, I'm really glad you were able to join me today, and I want to thank you on behalf of the Heartland Institute and our listeners.
1: Well, I really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you and let you know about our program, and I love what the Heartland's doing.
0: Thank you. So, listeners, thank you for joining us today. Please check Heartland's website, heartland.org, as we continue to track what's going on in education and have great guests like Marsha come and talking about her initiatives and the Great Connections. And make sure to go to our policy PolicyBot website, your one-stop shop for free market solutions to public policy problems. And if you're hearing one of these podcasts for the first time, make a point to subscribe to our daily podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure to have a great day and go talk to somebody with the opposite political view and have a good civil conversation and learn from each other. Thank you.